This podcast is not meant to be informative or educational and has the potential to be completely irrelevant. This is Property Jam. Welcome to this episode of Property Jam, the podcast where we talk about everything on the human side of property. And this week, you are in for a treat. Well, are you? I'm not I'm, so I'm not, sure. I'm not so sure. I think it, it could go tell. one way or the other. I agree. And um, I'm just going to hand straight over to actually one of my property besties. Um, so for those of you who've not heard of this guy, uh, he's a bit of an up and comer, I would say, and I'm going to hand over to him to explain exactly who he is. Bear in mind, this could take a while because he's got an ego the size of Australia. So over to you, Senor Max Rayner. Hello. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. Do you know, um, when you guys first started Property Jam, because we've known each other for a lot longer than that, haven't we? Mm-hmm. And, yeah. I, and we were talking about me coming on I was really looking forward to doing it in Matt's flat um over seven bottles of wine oh, God, yeah. <laughs> but here we are at 10 a.m and I'm drinking a kale coconut and pineapple smoothie oh. it's not how I expected it to go but we've caved and it's better than not doing it at all if we can do lockdown 2.0 we can do a um, max on the podcast 2.0 <laughs> yeah, how has Max evolved over the course of 2021? That's it. The second time I come on, um, if I if I get invited back, of course, the second time I come on, we've got to do it live. But yeah, looking forward to it. I've been uh, been following you guys for a while now. We're like you were, uh, all three of you were my property friends, like my new property friends Aww. about three or four years ago. Now you're like my old property friends. You're like oh. my, <laughs> my property besties. I've made loads of new property friends since you guys. Oh, wow. It's nice. a good thing, right? You're the originals. Well, I hope so, because the way you're going, this whole second you're coming on again to the (laughs) podcast is like sort of sliding out the window. What I'm trying to say is how long we've known each other for and how nice it's been to call you like proper, proper property friends, proper proper property proper property friend. it's like matt being a professional piano playing property yeah. investor it's just too many p's yeah i thought anyway. you were going to use a different p then for a second <laughs> i can like easily <laughs> right, so anyway matt, so those of, but those that don't know you out there because obviously we know you really well um and you are property family to us um who are you and what's what are you all about in property so my name is max rayner um and i have been a proper property investor for about <laughs> what three and a half four years now um, I met all of you guys through property education and I started off with my best friend Alex we started a business called Stuart Clinton property and the reason it's not named after us is because it's named after both of our dads that sadly passed away so we're really passionate about holding a legacy in their names because we wouldn't have been able to get into property if it wasn't for them so my dad was called Stuart and Alex's dad was called Clinton um and don't you think as well it sounds like we've been in business for ages it sounds like we're like a 30 year old company you just trust us don't you oh the boys the Stuart Clinton property boys they they know what they're talking about you're not even old enough to have a 30 year old company yeah that's a good point um, but that's why people get confused but yeah it's a it's a really lovely journey um you know it's a it's a sad story turned good um 
Alex has been my best friend since primary school. I knew his dad really well. He knew my dad really well. And it was just, you know, that right time in our lives where I was a lot younger than Alex, but Alex's dad, basically what happened was my dad passed away when I was 16 and he wasn't with my mum. And me and my sister inherited his house. And my granddad said to us at the time, you should put whatever money you have left into that house and rent it out. And that's exactly what we did. And I'm so grateful for him for do for, for force, not forcing us, but um, really encouraging us to do that because I definitely would have had a stupid car and no money left and like two Rolexes when I was 18, as soon yeah. as I could get my hands on the money, hundred percent, hundred percent. My mindset's changed a lot since then, but that was what I definitely would have done. Mm-hmm. And then that gave us like the first positive property seed because me and my sister were allowed to take a step back. We had, it wasn't mega money, but a little bit of regular pocket money coming in for a 16 and a four, 15 year old Ella would have been. Um, and it just allowed us to sit and step back. We weren't forced to go and get a job at Tesco's or like, you know, get a really rubbish Saturday job that we didn't like. Um, and then that sort of allowed me to pursue a passion of mine, which was skiing. So I dropped out of school, didn't like it anyway, never did what I was told, went and became a ski instructor. And actually I went to a really posh resort called Verbier and I didn't have the money really to sustain myself out there. It's an expensive place. I don't know if you guys have ever heard of it. And that little extra bit of pocket money was the reason I could afford to be out there. So I got back from skiing when I was about sort of 22, 23, um, realizing that although it was a passion, it didn't make me loads and loads of money Um, and I was always drawn to money and becoming successful and at the at the start and I think everyone is is that money is the reason why you get into it but then when you start making money that's not your main reason but as a young guy that was my motive so and skiing just didn't make it for me I always knew that property had sown a good seed so I knew it was a good thing and then unfortunately Alex's dad passed away when we were about 23 and he saw from the sidelines what I'd been doing the skiing that it allowed me to do so he came to me and he said Max I want to get into property like you have how do you do it Um, and I said I don't know my granddad just told me how to do it and I literally followed his advice. Um, So we really clanged heads then because we saw two guys pass away too young that didn't experience life to the full. And our main motive was to create a life for ourselves where we were in full control. We could go on holiday when we want. We could see friends when we want. We could do what we want and experience the world and the fruits that life has to offer in every single department. And that was our main motivation to begin with. And then we really surged after we got education. And that's where we met you guys and have been going from strength to strength ever since. So our specialities are high-end HMOs and co-living spaceships. Our Our specialities are HMOs, spaceships. Uh, (laughs) Property of the future. uh, Our our HMOs, high-end co-living spaces. And actually more recently, and I think it's where our company is going to be niching down is care homes specifically for people with mental health issues. Um, Because we've, we've experienced it firsthand through all the traumas we've been through 
it's more passionate to us about just making money out of a box. So that's where we've been really focusing our efforts recently. Um, and over lockdown and COVID and, and the period we're in, I feel like we have come together at the right time and it's found us um, because now more than ever, a specific type of care for people with mental health issues is there's a big gap there. Um, there's a huge demand for it. And, you know, we enjoy being able to help people. So that's, that's where we're, we've been, we've been uh, drilling down recently. And we're working on a couple of exciting projects as well, which you guys know all about. Oh, it's wicked. And do you know what I have to say? Cause I remember when lockdown one happened, you were probably one of the people that I was worried about the most. Do you remember we were on the phone like most days? Living on my like, own. Could have yeah, gone south. Yeah. Totally. I was like, oh, Jesus. Someone like Max with Max's brain, like living in his own house, just like going mental because you're so, you know, you need to be around people. Mm. You're bouncing all the rest of it. So I was so nervous. But actually, I think what's happened with lockdown one, based on everything you just said and how this year has allowed you to really take off was probably it, it it was it was supposed to happen and it's been yeah. the best thing that ever happened to you personally and professionally particularly on I, the property side I would agree I went into lockdown from the mindset as like right I'm living on my own this is not a holiday I kept saying to myself in my head this is not a holiday this is not an opportunity and uh, sorry it is an opportunity this is not a holiday this is not time to make excuses this is an opportunity um, and I just I just switched off from everyone and just threw myself into property. I was really only talking to people within the property industry. I've got private WhatsApp groups of all my mates that I grew up with. They were all playing PlayStation, getting pissed in the week, you know, going and doing shit that, you know, they would be the ones that come out of lockdown and actually probably struggled more over lockdown because they weren't doing anything productive. I got up, I exercised, I worked, I went to bed, I got up, I exercised, I worked, I went to bed, I ate good food. And that whole thing, without me even realizing, I think was a mixture of personal growth, personal development, um, learning way more about property and getting connected with more people. Because like you say, Joe, I'm not actually that great on my own. So I needed to, to, to get focused on something. Otherwise, I don't think I would have coped. So yeah. it, was, it was good for me. It was wicked. Yeah, it was mm. like, it was the making of you, boy. It was wicked. Yeah, I mm. think so. And also, do you know what? And I kept saying this to people, right? You know, everyone was furloughed over lockdown. The, the, I met some of the best contacts over lockdown because everyone's furloughed. So if you ring a company, who answers the phone? If you run a company over lockdown, who answers the phone if everyone's on furlough? The boss. Exactly. So you're, you're getting to, to key decision makers easy. You know, mm. if there's no gatekeepers because they're all on furlough. Mm, good point. And, and, and you, could, you can really take advantage of that. Every company I run, bearing in mind, I had no experience in care homes. And I'm speaking to, I got contacts with public limited companies over lockdown um i got in with huge care providers national care providers dealing with their directors because none of their staff are working yeah yeah and and that's how I, that is literally how i did it 
Yeah. And a little bit on the golf course. I was going to say, come on, man. Like everyone, <laughs> for those of you that know Max, Max is fully into his golf. Like a lot of networking has been done on the golf course. Yeah, so whilst, whilst in lockdown, I think you obviously did spend quite a lot of time at home. But since the 1st of June, every week I'm seeing Max on a different golf course. <laughs> yeah, that was another great thing. So I started lockdown playing off four and I'm now off 1.8. So almost one, but I'm playing off two at the moment. So I dropped two shots over lockdown, which I'm happy with, and raised a, a shit ton of money. So it's a win-win. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, live goals. <laughs> no, do, do you know what, though? And I'm quite passionate about this, and I, I talk to people a lot about it. I think when people don't really know where to meet uh, certain investors or um, contacts that they need to grow their business – they and, and this is my mindset as well it's like oh, i've got to go to networking meetings or i've got a cold caller guy on on linkedin or you know you actually don't and if you don't like going to because i actually hate I'm, I'm a social person but i hate networking meetings i think they're forced i don't think they're they're natural um you gotta find ways of of meeting people um in a way where you enjoy it so i i'm I, i'm for, I'm fortunate enough to be into golf and skiing, which are associated with wealth. But at the same time, that's all I, that's the only way I network now. Why? Because it doesn't feel like work because I love it. So mm. I'm not dragging myself there. And I feel like you don't necessarily need to do it through golf and skiing. But if you are passionate about something, that's what you should do to then go and find high net worth people and uh, or, or business owners or people that are going to benefit your business um because they're not the the the, the big dogs aren't at the networking meetings no it'll be, it'll be their employees or it'll be you know um but that's where we all start and we all we all turn up there don't we with our little notebook and our, our, business, <laughs> our, cards. our, our business cards and our questions to ask but <laughs> you've got to yeah. think outside the box and and for me the golf course has been been amazing and it doesn't feel like work and Alex my business partner's bought into it I'm like Alex by the way for our business to grow I need to play golf twice a week That's such a <laughs> <easy help>. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's like a rite of passage where you just have to go through these experiences to and, it, and as you progress, as your company grows, you know, the, the people that you're needing to be in contact with and needing to meet has mm. to grow with it. For sure. Um, so once, once, yeah, once you've done the pin meetings or whatever meetings for a period of time, then there's only so much you can get from them. I agree. Yeah. And uh, so, Max, what would you say the human side of property looks like for you? I, I know what the answer is going to be. It's probably going to be on the golf course, but... Um... No, it, it isn't. It's... Um admitting that you make mistakes so um everyone especially when you when you see motivational speakers or claimed industry gurus talking about how easy it is it actually isn't and being human about property is being able to put your hands up and go do you know what every project's fucking hard every project comes with mistakes that is normal if you if you work hard at it and you push through it, yes, you will make money. That's that's the real stuff. That's the human side. It's not like this magic vehicle that's going to make you rich over more so over everything else. It's just as hard as anything else. The numbers are big. That's what because property is expensive, so the profits are higher, the cash flow is higher. But the the human side's the day to day grind. Like 
people always think of property gurus or people that are successful in property as like an overnight success. They're like, oh my God, they bought this for this and they only spent this much on it. And they got like half a million in profit in like three months. That's actually years worth of building up your knowledge, networking, knowing the right people to get hold of that project. And people forget that. Mm. And people think that that if they get into property, it's going to happen straight away. I mean, we're looking at making our big, well, we're looking at two of our biggest projects. The the refurbs are starting this year. We've just purchased them. We're going to be, one of them is going to be sold. One of them is going to be kept. They're our biggest projects yet and we'll be benefiting from it mid next year. But the amount of projects that have fallen through, the amount of promises that were supposed to be happening on other projects and the money we've spent and never got back and the people that have let us down and the going to view shit in the rain and like, that's the real stuff. It isn't glamorous. And I always say that to people. They're like, oh, you got a good lifestyle, haven't you? Like, you know, you play golf and you get to go out for nice dinners and you do this and you do that. I'm like, yeah, but it isn't as glamorous as you think. When when, I remember this one time when we walked into a property and I'm not going to say where it is, but we walked into a property in, in, in a different area of the country and it absolutely stunk. And then about five of these crackheads got up out the living room ran out the back door, back door and jumped over the fence that's the, <laughs> that's the real shit it so is oh, oh, God. God. It so is. Oh, so, uh, I think that's really interesting no one's given that answer before because I think often the um the human side of property is like the relationships and it's like the natural kind of go-to I think in terms of yeah. where people's heads gravitate but oh you're so right it's just that element of graft and that element of like failure as well that's just inherent in property and learning from that and picking your ass up and going Mm. again it's like so I think that's I think that's actually what's harder about property than than starting a normal company if you started a business and you were selling a service or a product you can get to see your returns pretty quickly but Mm. property feels like you're just throwing money out of a window and it ends up coming back <laughs> will because you've got to have that delayed gratification but we spend thousands and it's like I'm not where is this going because I'm not getting it back <laughs> you've got to have that long-term mindset and you know that it will come back yeah um, but it definitely feels like just certainly when you're beginning your portfolio will start to sustain itself so yeah. you won't notice but at the beginning, like we didn't take any money out of our business for two years. Yeah. And that's what people don't see. They're like, oh my God, these guys are doing well. They're buying loads of property. But when you're trying to grow and reinvest, you know, mm. you're you're not actually, you're not making much to begin yeah. with. You're like a swan on the water, very elegant on the top. Yeah. And the feet are going like hell underneath <laughs> yeah. to keep everything going. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. So yeah, that's that's what it means to me, really. That's the human bit. That's the That's the real bit. But also with you, like I think what's lovely is there's so much of the human stuff that goes into doing what you do and why you do it. Obviously you mentioned like losing your dad and the company name and, you know, like looking out for your family and stuff, but also the strategy that you've gone into Mm. with care homes, with a focus on mental health is massively human, you know? And and, And actually that comes from not forcing yourself into a strategy too early, if that makes sense. So, sorry, let me rephrase that. That doesn't mean you just go out and do what you want. You still need a a strategy to begin with. But you know when you sort of get into something and you're like, I don't know 
exactly where I want to be in this industry. I don't know where I want to end up. And that's about having trust in the process and it will find you. You don't necessarily find what suits you straight away. You need to taste. I think you need to taste as much of it as early on to then realize the the route that you want to go down. And yeah. that just naturally found us and it just fits. It fits our story. It fits us. It fits our passion. It fits our morals. Um, and we're just going full steam ahead. And you it's have an, morals? Sorry, can we just go back to that? You have morals. Yes, okay, just sorry. Sorry, guys, did you know that? That's, that's news to all of us on Property Jam. Oh, closer, right? <laughs> <laughs> what have I done to you, Joe? <laughs> you it's... know I love you. <laughs> oh, it's Monday morning. Everyone's getting out of their system. Totally. So maybe, maybe, maybe on that then, um, Max, now that Joe's been taking a piss out of you, have you got a question for us? Oh, God, here we go. I'm <laughs> sitting back. I'm ready. Have I got a question for you guys? Yeah, this is something I ponder quite a lot, actually. My, I've, um, for those of you that don't know, my imagination is like a pinball machine. I literally said it on a, on a podcast with Joe about a month ago. Um, but one question that I always think about, and I want to know an answer from each and every one of you, is like, you know, in this modern day and people calling their babies like weird names that just aren't even a name. It's just something that they picked up. In the English language, what do you think is the worst name you could physically be called? Oh, God. Oh, my God. You think about this a lot, do you? Completely irrelevant and unproperty related. <laughs> Love it. It's great. <laughs> um, Oh, the worst name to be called, probably Max. Oh, yeah. no, but it, it, my name's got an X in it, and you think of names with every name with an X in it is sexy. Think of it, think of a mm. name without an X in it. Think of a name with an X in it that doesn't Isn't sound sexy. sexy. Yeah, as you know, what I'm going to go along with that because Rex is, is yeah. a good name because it means king, Max is like push your limit, go big, go like that's got you know masculine connotations. What about Alex? Alex, oh, actually, no, Alex, it falls off a little bit with that. Sorry, Alexander, Alex. Though. Kind of, Alexander's masculine, oh. and yeah, that's Xander. Uh, Xavier. They're all hot. Boy makes a point. Are you, <laughs> have you spent a lot of time thinking about how hot your own name is? Listen, I told you, <laughs> no, ego, ego the, the size summary. of Australia. Like, what, is this, what I'm saying. Right, like, so, Matt. <laughs> the worst name to be called. Um, um, well, just something completely <laughs> random, like. Oh, then I start thinking of words that are actually quite cool. I thought it was I thought it was Max. I thought that was what you were going with, Matt. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna change, but I'm gonna be go a comedian with content like <laughs> I can't oh god. Um Well I'm gonna go because obviously I thought of this question. I'll give you course. guys a little bit more time to think. And apologies yeah. for any of the people that are called this name listening, but I think the worst name you could be called is Keith. I just think it is such a <laughs> shit sounding name. Like imagine when you imagine when you have a like you have a you, you're having a dinner party, right? And your friend wants to. This is true, and you don't. You tell me that this isn't. Your friend wants to bring someone around, and they say, "Oh, can I bring a plus one?" You're like, "Yeah, sure." Who are you bringing? They go, "Keith." Your back's instantly up. Yeah. Not like don't oh, bring he, sounds Keith. Like, he sounds like fun. No, but Keith's coming. Or imagine like your friend just had a baby. Baby. <laughs> Well, some of the um, so some of these names are associated with other people. So you will associate um, names with people that you know. That's a good point from from your past. So you probably don't know any cool Keiths. But if every single hang on, Keith wait, you, does anyone know a cool Keith? Like, well, I was going to say that I, I I don't know many, but 
I can't. Although there's actually one guy who was quite cool. No, he wasn't. He was he just was probably actually. nice. Well, no, he was actually really hot as well. <laughs> Maybe that's what it was. <laughs> no one's cool. Keith is cool. Like you didn't. I think I've just had flashbacks. We've had this conversation before, Max, and I remember we had a whole list of names. So there was Norman. There was Gary. There was Keith. There was uh, oh god, there was another one. Um, Graham. Graham was in there as well. All spellings of Graham. You know, no one called Graham is cool. No one. I know. I know quite a few um, cool Grahams, but it's spelt mm. with like G R A E M E. Depends where you are, because uh, for example, if you go to Scotland, uh, there's more names like Angus and um, names like that, which are more common. So people would not think they were as strange as maybe if we were in um, in England, where it's less less common. Um, but name. <laughs> similarly to like norman uh, like like norma like norma or angus is coming back though matt (laughs) i I wasn't saying angus was a bad name i was saying it's less common um but do you know do you know something i saw that actually tickled me saw heard it was last year i think it was about this time last year and i heard on the radio that apparently the name nigel is becoming extinct nigel's another one nigel hasn't no no baby has been registered called nigel since 2015 that's a good Get thing this, there was an event in london where all the nigels got together to celebrate everything nigel and there was about there was about 215 <laughs> nigels that were that got together in london no way oh, imagine just walking into that room and just shouting Nigel! <laughs> Nigel? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh my okay, God. I've, I've got it. I've got one. Oh, here we go. I, I'm I ready. Wouldn't, I wouldn't want to be called Seamus. Seamus. <laughs> oh, yeah, but you've got the oh. Irish twang, haven't you? So you're, yeah. you're thinking through all the, all the crap Irish names. <laughs> <laughs> Are there any good Irish names? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We're alienating <laughs> um, many, many people right now. Yeah, there's some good <laughs> Irish names. Um uh, Niall. <laughs> Niall is, is one example. No, you're one L, aren't you? You spell your name no, with two. one L. Oh, yeah, two L's. Two. spells it with two L's. Is that like a thing? Is it always two L's? Always two yeah. L's, yeah. Mm. Like, it's wrong if it's one L. That's Neil. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, Niall with one L is Neil spelt wrong, I think. Yeah, or, or Liam spelt backwards. Is that or Liam spelt backwards, yeah. <laughs> Which is Neil. what happens all the time. Ma- male, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> No, I think for me, the, the name that sprang into my head when you said it's a girl's name and it's a name that I really hated when I was younger and it's Morag. Oh. oh. I've never heard of that name before, but I would it's, not want to be called that. Isn't that like an Australian name, no? Scottish. So Scottish, Scottish. name. Mm. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, my mum's my friend um, had a friend and I remember we went up to Scotland because I'm half Scottish. So we, we, we went up to Scotland to visit sort of friends and, and fam and she introduced me to this lady called Morag and I honestly thought it was a lie. I just didn't think that that could be a human being's name because it, rhym- it rhymes with so many bad words. For anyone who knows me, my maiden name was Clegg and I absolutely hated it because like Morag, with a G in it, it's so severe. And it rhymes with it's bad harsh, words. Yeah. It's harsh, man. So, like, you know, Clegg is like egg, smeg, dreg, keg, peg, you name it. Nothing good about it, right? In my childhood was a just barrel of laughs at school. But then you've got more rag. It's like rhymes with slag, right? So she mm-hmm. must have had more rag, crag, drag, bag, 
nag. Nothing's good about the name Morag. And also, I think it's a name for a Highland cow. I'm sure there's like a cow in Scotland, like a famous Highland cow called Morag. So it's just nothing's good about the name Morag. And I'm really sorry to anyone out there who's called Morag. I'm very proud of my Scottish roots, just not that name. I'm sorry. I think we need to reach out to all the people who are names, the names that we've mentioned. And just, just apologise. And, and apologise. <laughs> no, but, but also um, comment down below and just say, have you, do you have an issue with your name or are you actually a Nigel yeah. lover? Yeah, a Nigel, mm, yeah. a Nigel lover. Is your husband called Nigel? Are you in property and called Nigel? Like, what's Have you changed your name to Nigel? Mm. Or will you now change your name on the back of this episode? <laughs> Do you know what? Nigel could also be the name of uh, an epic comedian. Because uh, I, I think you, I, I could picture a, a very funny Nigel. Oh, yeah, okay. I see that. I can see yeah, like Nigel Formbury. Do you remember him from, the, from that cartoon? No. No. Well, he's probably a bit probably a bit not in your era is it yeah you're a bit young for us yes, yeah. nigel formbury he was an explorer and he had a big ginger mustache he was quite funny oh my god i just thought of another one breeder this is no this is irish i met a lady yeah. once called breeder she told me her name was breeder and all i could see was her churning out babies i was like that can't be your name why do, why do irish people call people breeder what's that about well, Brenda was the other one that came to my mind. Oh, Brenda. Oh, no, you can't say that because we know people who've got people who have recently named babies Brenda. You can't say that. What, a newborn baby, you know, it's called Brenda. Oh, my God. Like in our immediate property family as well. So be very careful. I don't think they listen to the podcast. We're probably safe. But yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan. Um, that sounds you know, like that sounds like a school receptionist, doesn't it? Brenda? <laughs> or a dinner lady. Yeah. <laughs> I have found a Nigel who is a comedian. He's Malaysian. He's a stand-up comedian. He's, he's, he's a stand-up <laughs> Malaysian comedian based in the UK. Nigel Ning, NG. Nigel Ning. Oh, he sounds Nigel fun. Nigel Ning. Yeah, he sounds fun. Well, you, well, you know what that means? Is it his... his well, is, is he like Malaysian Malaysian? If he is, he probably didn't have the name Nigel to start with, which means because he's probably he, chosen that. If well, yeah, if you're from Anglis, Western Anglis culture... Oh, name, yeah. If yeah. you're from Western it? culture, you can literally choose your your own name over here. It gets it gets better. His comedian his Eastern comedic culture, character even. is Uncle Roger. <laughs> Uncle Roger. Roger's a bad name as well. Oh Roger. Is I think a bad we could name. take this whole episode could be on this because I think this is, that was a good question. I loved it. But um, yeah. Okay. So out of all of them, so we've got Keith Morag, Seamus, and what did you say, Matt? Nigel. I said two or three. Uh, uh, Angus. No. No, Nig was, oh, what did I say? It wasn't Nigel. I said, uh, oh. I think you've got to commit to one. Um, well, I was gonna, well, I'll, I'll have to retract Brenda. So, I can't well, do you. Something. I mean, if you think it's Brenda, you have to own that. Like, I think he's really, he's got his thinking face on. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's my, it's my hunger phase as well. Mm. Um, I will go with. I can't remember what I said now. Um, mm, I want to pick a random name. I'm looking at like, like Ariel. Ariel. <laughs> that's, not that's not bad. I'm looking at an she Ariel. Was a good, she that's was a solid I... mermaid. <laughs> <laughs> yes, a mermaid, not a child, <laughs> not a human. <laughs> <laughs> so Ariel, Morag, Keith, and Seamus. Which one is the worst? I'm gonna go Morag. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Morag. I think. I agree. Yeah. It's bad, isn't it? I thought it's Keith bad. was a dead cert, but you've just trumped it big time. 
More eggs are shitter. Like I would to be honest, is, is Trump a, um, a good contender here? <clears throat> what, that's just that's, <laughs> that's just the the association though in your head, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. Donald's like Don is all right, isn't it? Don. Like Don. Donny. Yeah, Donny. I know someone has just named their brand new kitten Donny after Donald Trump. Mm. Yeah, and it suits him. You know. God, imagine if your name was more like. No, he's black. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know why I did no. that. So, um, imagine if your name was Morag Clegg. Just saying, that would be you'd, you'd just you'd just end it, wouldn't you? Just to yeah. um, all Morag Cleggs out there, please get in touch because Joe would like to have a chat with you and talk yeah. you down. I'm really sorry. I think we should move on. I think we've offended. To be fair, Joe, people. you've just changed changed your name, haven't you? It's a pretty have. simple process. It is, yeah. Well, so, to be fair, I haven't done it on paper yet. I've just I've just publicly changed it. But yeah, Joe Lightfoot, that was a very easy process. Yeah, yeah <laughs> just so telling any, people I'm called so different. Any of the listeners that, you know, don't like their name and have always wanted to change it, reach out to Joe as well. Yeah, totally. I'm here for you listeners. And, you know, and on the back of this, if we've insulted you and you need to change your identity, we're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm. So I think at that point, maybe a bit of episode roulette. Oh, That's me. Oh, yeah. I'm up. Hang on. I'm no. not ready. Come on, Seamus. <laughs> this is... This is difficult. Okay, Maximus. Hello. I'm going to scroll through all the episodes. You should stop at any point. How many have you done now? Just out of interest. You're 65? 60, the 60, 60, 60 something. 62 went out this morning. 60 seconds. means ago. that um, we're 64 or 65-ish, yeah. 60, yeah. Episode yeah. 64. Yeah. Yes. When I'm 64. So I'm going to start scrolling now and just shout stop whenever you want. Stop. Fuck. Oh, this is a good one. Episode six, Builders. Oh. Oh. What's your thoughts on Builders? I. Human thoughts. Ugh, they are bastards, aren't they? The, 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 now, do you know, I've just found some really good ones. Um, all jokes aside, I think it's, it's more about communication. So I hear a lot of people say, oh, yeah, my builders did this, my builders did that, my builders did this. But you look at the information that they, give, that they gave them, there wasn't any. So how's a builder supposed to know? Like, I am sort of defending them a little bit here. How's a builder supposed to know if you want, if you what you want, if you don't put it in black and white? It's all about communication. And then the bad ones are the ones that don't communicate to you. Um, but it's they speak a different language to, to us, right? The majority of them. So there are a lot of these new builders now that invest for themselves and they're educated and they kind of get it. But if you don't provide them with a contract, a specification of exactly what you want and you don't manage them correctly, then you probably will think they're shit. Yeah. That's a fair. very fair point, actually, yeah. because um, yeah, I think you're right. I've never really thought about it in the fact that they speak a different language, but that, that totally sums it up because you can say one thing and they'll do a completely, they'll interpret it completely differently, mm. like massively differently. And you just can't get your head around why they've done what they've done. Uh, and yeah, and I, I, again, I don't want to paint, yeah, paint all of them with the same brush. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, I, that makes complete sense. Mm. Yeah. We've actually, we've actually been lucky. When we did our <laughs> first couple of investments, there was no contracts in place. So it was literally like, they wouldn't even record conversation. You know, and you just go around, you're like, yeah, can you do that? <laughs> and, then, and, then you go, and then you go there two weeks later 
and then they oi you go oi why didn't you do that and they said you didn't tell me to do that i said i did i told you two weeks ago it's uh, you could, that can happen can't it, it can happen very easily very easily yeah <laughs> or they they do the complete opposite of what you've asked them to do yeah, because again, like you say, they've interpreted it a completely different way. Like you can't, That's the thing with builders, you can't make any assumptions. You just can't because they don't see things with your investor eyes. So it's such a risk. It's got to be written down. I think the human side is definitely difficult to navigate at the beginning. You know, when you're doing buy-to-lets, you're doing small conversions and you're not going to get the larger VAT registered big build team companies coming in that are used to doing this all the time. So that's the period where it's very difficult to navigate through. But when it gets to the point where you've got professionals involved and there's project managers and QSs and architects and builders and everyone's working in harmony, I think it's a lot easier. Mm. But yeah. if they're not used to doing that and you're, you're sort of dealing with, because when you first start, you sort of deal with like your builder that's just used to knocking out a bathroom and putting a new one in and just doing a bit of plastering. And it might be a little bit more than they're, they're used to doing. That's where it gets, I think, very difficult. Yeah, definitely. <clears throat> That's good. good. Cool. So okay. Shall we do uh, one more? Do one more. Okay. I am scrolling again. Stop. Yeah, you, you're right there, mate. Just having a sip <laughs> on your on your green juice. <laughs> oh, this is, I like this one as well. Property projects. What's your favorite bit? Oh, I know. My was, favorite uh, bit of the project yeah the bit where you just you've done the work and you let go i knew that was what you were gonna say yeah the bit where you like well <laughs> 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 at what part of the process is that so do you drinking you, stage that's you, when it you, is you source it and you find the funds for it and then mm. hand it over yeah, to somebody so, else so um yeah, very much as we're a very much hands off business. We believe in, you know, um, time is money and value your time and, and don't involve yourself in every little aspect. Otherwise, you're just going to create a whole world of problems. Um, so we will, as a company, we will find the deal. We'll find the funds. We'll tender out. We'll speak to all the architects, PMs, builders, agree the project. And at that point, when we, we push it away and really we're pro we're only going to see it every couple of weeks when we need to pay uh, when there's a payment due and that's about it really yeah. but no that, that's that's a lie actually I think my most <clears throat> enjoyable bit out of the project is the negotiation period mm. um, I really enjoy that really enjoy that that's your skills um, and, and, and it's not actually ripping people off either it's just getting a win-win mm -hmm. Um you know, I wouldn't, I don't like to, you know, batter people. I actually did that once. I got a refurb for like, <laughs> we were getting quotes for 75 grand, 80 grand, 90 grand. And I got it for like 41 grand. <laughs> and um, yeah, because I just battered them down. I battered them down. I battered them down. But then the project took a year because they lost money and were like skinning themselves oh, out on it. <laughs> And yeah. uh, actually, it probably would have, if you think about the loss of rent, the amount of time we were paying for the mortgage and the bills, it was a three to four month project that took a year and a month because we thought we were getting a good deal. And I came back to the office and I was like, we just got us like half price. <laughs> okay, really, really, but but you, I've learned from that, right? Because, you know, now I'll be like, oh, why are they quoting that cheap? 
because and then that's going to bring back the old experience in my head and it's now what i do is we'll tender out we'll shave off the top price we'll shave off the bottom price and then we'll look at the ones in the middle mm. yeah. yeah amazing <clears throat> well uh thank you very much for joining us today max it's no been eye-opening um although i think we need to all change he our said names that with now. such emphasis didn't he such a lack of emphasis it's been eye-opening well we did, we, did, we, did, we, did, we did warn listeners at the start didn't we we did say great. yeah yeah we go down um um a interesting path um uh, to say the least but um i i think uh, yeah lots of lots of people may have got some value from that uh, or may not um <laughs> or been offended like massive. or been massively if offended back, if not come back from max 2.0 <laughs> yes! Because because we know he likes to learn from his mistakes. Um, <laughs> Excellent point, Matt. So on that note, I say thank you very much and goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. It's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much for having me, guys. I totally forgot to say goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>and jam with us on social media where you can hear more and see more on facebook search property jam podcast or you can follow us on instagram at property jam podcast or you can email us at property jam podcast at outlook.com see, see you on, on the next, next episode, episode.